Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Chasing the Chip. This is episode 43. After a uh, decent absence from me and my co-host, Wayne. How you doing, Wayne? Doing good. I'm free from the shackles. <laughs> they, let, they let me go. They let my boy go from Twitter jail, and now we are now free to do more episodes of Chasing the Chip. Wayne! It has been a pretty long summer. It's been a weird one, too. It has been a very strange summer. Uh, Last time we did an episode, the NBA season was still going. Uh, So, In the span of that time, this was like, this was after we blew 35-point lead. In the span of that time, Bradley Beal not only signed for a quarter of a billion, he got a no-trade clause and has continued to do his PR run. (laughs) Yep. Uh, you know what I'm saying? As, and then we got Porzingis and Mr. Abdia playing in Eurobasket. One is doing way better than the other. Uh, <laughs> I wonder which one we, that is. <laughs> and then we got – and then also it seems like every superstar's name that has come up in any type of – in any type of movement discussion, somehow the Wizards are in there. With what assets? I don't know. We've given up like every first-round pick. But somehow the Wizards are – their names are in everything. It's been so, a very so strange cool. turn of events. So and let's, we, let's we start. Got, we got steroid Caillou on our team. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll go one at a time. We'll start where we left off. The last episode we did was centered around the 10th overall pick, which oh, man. was used on Johnny Davis. That was a name we mentioned on the last podcast six months ago or whatever it is now. Yep. But let's talk a little bit more about Mr. Davis because – after the draft, after he was selected, the Wisconsin combo guard, uh, he had a summer league run. It was not that impressive. Uh, I think his best game, he scored like 10 points, most of which were at the free throw line, if memory serves. It was like, yeah, it was like 11 points on like, I think he, I think he had three or four field goals, and like the rest was like free throws. He also which had, is cool, like he got free throws being aggressive, but like. He had like a 1-for-11 game. He had a 1-for-9 game. He had like an 0-for-6-3. It was a rough shooting performance for the lottery pick. It wasn't – for me, it wasn't just the shooting. Because like, for example, Kispert did not do well in the summer league last year. However, if you were to like not look at makes and misses and just look at how he got to whatever shots he got, they all made sense. And I came out of that. Y'all remember, I came out of that going, hey, I want to see Kispert start. Because everything he did, I was like, this can transfer. Everything. I was like, if the shot goes in, we're going to look at him like he's like he's the fucking golden child. Because all of this can transfer. He's getting open next to summer league point guards. He's still finding himself wide open. He's cutting to the basket. Like, I'm like, Yo, all of this can transfer. The thing with Mr. Davis, he can't get by a defender, and he's supposed to be an on-the-ball guy slightly. That's See, yeah, that's the big thing. Is that out he of can't college, drop fast He has no first step. Out of college, his biggest thing was shooting in the mid-range. His second biggest thing was slashing. The mid-range shooting could very well still be there. He didn't really do it that much. I'm guessing that's intentional. Maybe he wanted to practice a little more with the rest of his game. Didn't get a ton of three-point shots in, or didn't hit almost any, I don't think. Maybe one or two. But he only played three games, to be fair. So I don't want to bury the kid. But uh, yeah. yeah, he did look a little flat-footed. You could tell, like, there's a big difference between some of these, uh, you know, summer league defenders versus the Big Ten defenders. 
You don't have a lot of the same flat-footed mistakes being made by maybe not NBA caliber, but at the, at the very least, I would say G League caliber. Yeah, most of them are mostly most of them are like overseas guys. Yeah. Like they might not play in the Euro League, but they're playing in some league overseas. Yeah. So like they 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 play ball and they're 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 grown men too. That's the thing. Like they they're got still grown among the, strength. They're not the top notch players, but they're still among the best players from college basketball, among the best players from international. Yeah. Vibe a lot of a lot of like starting guys from great college basketball teams. They go overseas if they don't get drafted. So like you're still facing like pretty, you're still facing pretty good dudes. And you could tell that kind of phased Johnny Davis. But you know there were some things I think will translate. I think he was a pretty good on-ball defender. He used it. He had yeah, really really I'll good get... footwork. He uh he switched pretty nicely. But you know he was switching with guys who, because we're still the Wizards, we didn't exactly have the best talent relative to everybody else. So, outside of maybe, like, Caleb Holmesley, everybody else was kind of screwing up switches, and then it looked bad all around. But, you know, he did finish with an injury, so you don't know how much, take it with a grain of salt, how much will transfer, how much won't. But I think he's, I I had this idea that he was going to end up being, you know, the point guard of the future. I think we can kind of dismiss that. He's much more of a a shooting guard, like a true shooting guard, Uh, from my perspective. Definitely needs to work on the range. Uh, I'm sure he's been putting in work all summer on that. As long as he puts in effort on the defensive end, I'm sure he'll get minutes for the Wizards. Yeah. My thing, my thing with him is, I I don't think, at first I was like just, I was largely disappointed, but then I was like, him being bad doesn't really do anything. It's not like it makes it any worse. It doesn't it make or was. break the Wizards season in any real way. It's just a long-term Him finding out a way to be good with, helps, but him being bad doesn't, it doesn't really doesn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, maybe if he's really good, you use him as a trade asset pick up somebody and really make a run but we'll get more on that later because after the summer league uh i think it was after the summer league it might have been right before when the offseason began the wizards made a few moves namely the first thing they did was tr- make a another one of those tommy shepherd marginal trades uh, i think we mentioned this a few times as well tommy shepherd loves his if we're putting it in baseball terms he loves his singles on trades doesn't really take yeah. home run swings a compact swinger. So, he made another one of those singles trade when he traded Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Ish Smith in exchange for uh, the Denver Nuggets point guard Monte Morris and uh, Will Barton, who is a wing? Question mark? Kind yeah. of a shooting guard? Will, Will the Thrill Barton. Will the Thrill. One of the most Wizards-esque non-Wizards in NBA history. What I mean but by that made, is... He's made to play on the Wizards. He's goofy. He's inconsistent. When he's on, he's on. When he's off, it looks hilarious. Just like the Wizards as a franchise. I've been saying... Like, I've really been thinking Will Barton was going to be a Wizard since, like, 2014 or 2015. He's been made it's, to it's do cra- this. It's crazy to me that Will Barton, low-key, like... He gave Will Barton gave Golden State like two games. Oh, he did in that Denver series with like just like late game stuff. He is the ultimate X factor. Yeah, let's start with Will Barton. He is probably the ultimate. He's X a big factor. X factor. He's like he can. He's a lot like Terrence Ross, but instead of being like Terrence Ross, where he only is Michael Jordan against the Wizards, he'll be Michael Jordan against half the teams in the league, and then he'll just be Caleb Holmesley. No shade of Caleb Holmesley. I guess the other half of the league, where. He could literally be the most boom or the most bust player in the league on any given yeah. night. 
That's why he's Will the Thrill. You don't know. I, I guess that's why he got the nickname. But yeah, him and Monte, I, we upgraded, I, I believe, because Will can still defend, even though he is hot and cold. But the thing is, KCP was also hot and cold. However, Ish is, he's aging. Plus, I think it should be, he should be moving toward a more veteran role, which I think he, he plays that endeavor. And he, I feel like he's going to be, Bones Holland's going to benefit from Ishmith. Oh, definitely. definitely. Not like, not like a, as far as like a veteran type thing. Like what Charlotte doesn't have, that's what Ishmith has for Bones Holland. And so then uh, on top of that, though, I think, I think we benefit player-wise because Monte Morris, he's, he's much younger. And we've seen Monte Morris in big moments, not just like in the Golden State series or something like year year before, or even in the bubble, he oh, had man. some uh, big moments. Like I think 2018 when he played against the Blazers, they went to Game Seven. Monte Morris had big moments in that series. He always had like some like low key like clutch moments, but he he's been like just like the quintessential like starting point guard. Yeah. But he he came off the bench for them because they have obviously Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic splitting point guard duties. Yeah. So like he he was a he was a bench guy, and I think but, a lot of the uh, the point guard duties, like you mentioned, he he paid the Jokic tax in that regard. He has a four yeah. to one career uh, assist to turnover ratio, which is among the best in the league. So this guy can pass; he can dish the rock. However, yeah, it's just like he he kind of had a unique situation because how many teams are you going to play on where your center is kind of playing point guard? Yeah, only one. And that's because that guy is insane. But yeah. I think. That's not the biggest thing he brings to this team, in my opinion. Biggest thing he brings to this team that has been lacking pretty much since, I don't even know, like 2010, is you now have a point guard who can shoot the three very efficiently. John Wall, as much as I love the guy, not a big shooter. Russell Westbrook, not a big shooter. Isaiah Thomas, when he came here, not a big shooter. I mean, the list goes on. Ramon Sessions, whoever you want to list. Spencer Dinwiddie. He would hit threes in big moments, but he wasn't a consistent shooter like that. Monte Morris, is he started at like a 37% free throw shooter. He worked his way up to 40. Yeah, he was getting some really, really good looks because you have Jokic near you. But this guy can yeah. hit the three. And I think yeah, a he... shooting backcourt will be very necessary for this team because they're all offense anyway. There is no defense being played by the Washington Wizards. I, I think Monte Morris will still get open looks because even though I do – Give Beal a whole lot of crap. One thing he does have, which I'm pretty sure there's a stat that shows it, he does create a bunch of shots. That is one thing he does. And the, our problem has been we don't hit them up <laughs> anyways. Because we don't hit them those and, shots and, for Denny Avdia. That's yeah, we, we don't hit them, and he also doesn't hit them. So it's just like a, a bad thing. But Monte Morris has the ability to hit them. Corey Kispert does too, but... Some teams like when we, when Bill like before Bill had went down and Corey had started getting hot. I don't know if you know, it's like teams was just like yo guard Kisper and leave everybody else. <laughs> teams just guard Bill, guard Kisper, leave everybody else when, when Kisper was on the floor. Yeah, if he's on the weak side, so like, yeah, they, they knew they knew it was gonna be bricks. If he's on the strong side, you just throw three people that way. So yeah, they, they, they knew it was gonna be bricks. So it was like yo, just don't leave Kisper. Everybody else, you can leave. You can double off them freely. Just they, they, it was always don't leave Kisper. Another so, thing, like, though, adding, adding Monte Moore is, is another person that you can't just, like, hey, we're just going to double off of you because you're not hitting this shit at all. I want to add to that by saying another guy who I think will hit them is Porzingis, who, you know, we didn't oh, really yeah. get a Porzingis and Beal combination at all last year. 
So I think that dynamic will be interesting because theoretically you have five starters who can shoot the rock. Theoretically. So this was something I said in the group chat earlier. I know we're going to get to this at some point, so I'm going to just keep this short. This, the fact that we have Porzingis and Beal was the was the reason I said in the chat, I was like, if we was to actually get Donovan Mitchell, like if it was, if it was to actually be a thing, I would buy in. We are definitely holding off on that. I, 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 I would have... actually buy in off that because I, I think KP, especially if he stays healthy, if KP can give me like 60-plus games and be healthy around playoff time, I don't care if you miss, you miss time middle of the season, cool, we live with that. Be healthy around playoff time. If we get that, I would buy in to this team with Tom Mitchell on it. It only – we'll get into that later, but I just wanted to say that. I can I, – I agree with that. But let's let's stick on Monte Morris for now. Um, yeah, I, I do think in this trade specifically, I think we gave up the best player. I think KCP is the best player involved in this trade. Yeah. But we ended up with the second and third best player, Ish, as much as we love Ish Smith on the show. He's not, he's not the quality of player that the other two guys are. So we get a, essentially we get a starting point guard. And either the starting three, if, uh, if Will Barton just fills in the KCP role, or a backup two, which will complicate things with Johnny Davis. I think what they're going to do is start Will Barton at the three because – I'm pretty, if I'm trying to read Wes's mind, I actually believe that even though you, you, you hate him, I think he actually liked Denny and Rui in the second unit together. I actually, and a lot of the time, he, like you, you know that a lot of the time our second unit was was cooking. I think he likes them together, and he might have Kispert on the bench with them and run all three together. Who's the backup and, point? Like the, the line, the, right? The, I guess you run at the one. Yeah, because remember the line is where it was what? Denny, Rui, Kuzma, and, and Kispert with whoever, with like Gaffer or something. They didn't have a true point guard, but for some reason they were cooking. I would also like to throw out there. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not giving Denny credit for that. No, no. I'm just saying he didn't ruin it. I would also like to throw out there. Kyle Kuzma also mentioned something with a lineup that they were testing out at the end of the season that I would like running more. I would like to see Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura in the starting lineup together, if at all possible. Kuzma could easily play the three. It might be tougher for Rui because of his feet. But you could play Kyle Kuzma at the small forward position. Yeah. Yeah, Yo, we have... Why why is every team trying to copy Golden State in like 18 Houston something and just go small? Bro, Cleveland showed you before injury, Cleveland was going to be a top six, possible top five seed in the East. Playing three seven footers. Yeah. Why would we shrink to the competition when we can run six eight, six ten, seven three? Why would we shrink? Yeah. And if we wanted to exacerbate it, bro, you could run like you could have the shortest man be Beal at the point for like one lineup, and you could dead ass run Danny Rick Kuzma and fucking if you really uh, want it, all on the same court at the same really time, and you don't lose much. It, you sit, Beal. You play Delon right at the one. Oh, like you can play. You can have big lineups. I don't know why everybody's obsessed with small ball. We can play big lineups and be just fine. There is oh. a lot of potential versatility with the roster as it currently is. There's there are a lot I feel of like top, a big lineup would talent. tear some teams up. There's not a lot of top end talent. Sometimes you're going to have issues with that, uh, especially when your lottery picks have not performed to the level necessary at this stage of their career. 
number nine overall. I'm looking at you. But <laughs> I think there is a lot of potential, versatility, a lot of size. There's a lot of ways to make it work. However, I don't know if Wes Unsell Jr. is that creative, but now he has the ability to show it off if possible. He got two of his guys from Denver, uh, in Monte Morris and Will Barton, obviously. Kuzma, I think, is going to be the biggest piece of this because he, he dealt with a lot of playmaking opportunities last year, and I think that opens up a lot if you have Kuzma taking a little bit more of a, not center stage, but a little bit bigger of a role, which Mark just asked about. Kuzma. Yeah, I was about to bring up Mark question. He, he said, Mark, Mark Easy in the Twitch chat, shout out Mark. He said, thoughts on Kuz on this team with everyone healthy? I have a feeling in the back of my mind that he won't be a good, as good as he was last year now that he has less room to work. His numbers are going to go down, obviously. His numbers weren't yeah, he, that high to begin with. So yeah, I mean, but like he, he's got to... Honestly, Beal I can see... and KP are going to take most of the shots. His numbers are going to go down, but I don't think like his quality of play at, per se will go down. I think it heavily depends on his usage. I mean, if you have him as the primary scorer with the bench unit, maybe you don't just... you probably He starts. Almost definitely he starts if he's still on the team. Yeah. As a shade to later. But... If there's any lineups where Beal and KP sit, you know Kuzma's going to Kuzma feature. should be the one running that offense. The offense should be running through Kuzma coming off the bench. Yeah, maybe you want to run it through like Will Barton or something weird or, you know, run it through Rui when he's hot. Things happen in games where you have to adjust that. But the theory should be Kuzma is running the offense when the other two in the quote-unquote big three aren't on the floor. If that's the case, he could easily replicate his production from last year. Maybe the only thing that changes is the clutch numbers because that's that's kind of variant year to year. Depend if you're not if, you know, if you're a role player especially, if you're like a star player and you get consistent looks, consistently hit, maybe like a Damian Lillard Dame time kind of thing, that's a little more consistent year to year. Heavy variance on a guy like Kuzma in the clutch year to year. So I would say in the clutch at least, because the ball is gonna go to KP or Beal, and Kuz was hitting his game winners off of people, other people getting attention anyways. Yeah. You don't That's have to change like. the formula. Kuz will find his way open in clutch moments. He 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 loved LA for a reason. He liked the spotlight. When somebody gets doubled, even if it wasn't Kuz's man, he will find his way open, and he's probably hitting that shot because he wants to talk to all the baddies after the game. Did I ever tell so, you? Uh, I don't think much changes that. He's probably going to hit that shot. He'll find a way. Did I ever tell you the uh, the Robert Ory thing? What Robert Ory say? Big shot, Bob. Robert Ory. He was asked. Does remind me of him a little bit. He was asked, "What NBA player most reminds you of yourself in the modern NBA?" His answer was Kyle Kuzma. If y'all have never seen like young Robert Ory play, because everybody's only seen like the Lakers one or like San Antonio, go watch some like Rockets Robert Ory. He was he was athletic, bro. And Robert, he wasn't just he wasn't the shooter that y'all see in the holiday. He was athletic, bro. Like I'm telling you, young Robert Ory, bro, with the high top face, bro. He was. And I, think, I can see why he's a little bit of Kuzma. And Kuzma still can replicate the production of Robert Ory, which is not a small role. I mean, he was a very important role player on some championship teams. So yeah. if, if that's Kuzma, I mean, that's that's a good role for him, and I think that's fine. But back on back on the trade, just to finish it off real quick, what would you grade the tr- trade from Tommy Shepard? Letter grade. I think like almost like every trade he gets is like a B, like yeah. a solid B. Yeah. He, he doesn't shoot for the stars. He's like he's trying to make like low risk. So I, the way he got Denver was just like, hey, we're giving you the best player in this trade. 
all the while we're getting the second third second and third player and also we're filling a need because we need a starter point guard. Yeah. And I think it's a solid it's a solid pickup. I think the biggest issue you run into is a Monte Morris and Beal lineup is very small in the backcourt. So there's potential that it's a defensive liability. But this should be an offensive team anyway. I mean, we just gotta we gotta wait and see to see how the two hundred and fifty six million dollar man ends up on the floor. Like if he Actually, is the yeah. best player on the floor every night, we have mm-hmm. a chance. If he's not, we don't. And that's it's yeah. as simple as that. I got a correction to make. Never mind. It's a B minus because I just remembered we could have had Dejounte Murray. The Hawks did not offer that much, bro. They offered two uh, unprotected first round picks, didn't they? That's a lot. We we could have found a way. The Hawks did not offer all that much, bro. He was there. This is and it's not as bad as the KPJ situation though. No. All Cleveland wanted was a second round pick, and these motherfuckers didn't want to do it because he got into some arguments with some coaches. Ask hey. Houston how many arguments he done got into now. Well, I mean, how many wins does Houston have with KPJ running their offense? Hey, look, it don't matter. KPJ with us would have, KPJ with us would have worked, man. Uh, he was I'm, the point guard we was looking for. I feel like a lot of people just kind of assume that KPJ thing was like a slam dunk. I'm not a huge on KPJ. I think he is. I think it would have worked. They they made John Wall sit out a whole year to play KPJ, and he didn't really improve much. So. I'm I'm iffy on that. One. Oh, Houston always got beef with me now for sitting John Wall like that. And we'll discuss that. I don't like I don't like Houston. Too. Me and Tommy got beef. <laughs> Still, because not only not only from just like when he did it and how he lied like that, but like, bro, he played with this man like that. During, like the man go through depression, he was still trying to help the city, bro. Like, yo, Tommy, real real life, bro. You couldn't wait till the trade deadline. And recently, he just came out like last couple of days. He just came out and said he had thoughts of suicide. You know, he lost his mom. He lost his grandmother. He was going through a really tough time, but uh, like, bro, shout out John Wall. Everybody's all on the same page. We're like, yo, hey, let's see John Wall back off injury. Let's see him play with the guys. Let's see what happens. If it's not working out, trade deadline, you know what I'm saying, you make moves. And this man's like, yeah, we're not trading John Wall after we, after we got the hashtag trending, mind you. That was our group chat that got that hashtag trending, like don't trade John Wall. And then all of a sudden this man says, yeah, we're not going to trade him. A week later. Yeah, I mean that that was upsetting. That was a, not a good way to start off the Tommy Shepard regime. But we move on. And hopefully, John Wall balls out on the Clippers this year, which is also news we didn't really discuss. Congratulations to John Wall on his first ever NBA championship. Uh, I hope you <laughs> have a good hope, time I on the way to it. it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm very much looking forward to those uh, to the John Wall return game as well as. Me and a friend, I think, are going to be going out to L.A. to not Staples, but now Crypto.com Arena to, uh, <laughs> to see the Lakers. still Staples. I'm really glad, that, by the way, they made staples. it a back-to-back on, on a weekend on top of that. That's a yeah, really, that's really nice thing. I already booked my flight. I got everything ready. I'm ready to go. When no tickets come out, I'm, that December 10th at Capital One, I, no tickets come out, I'm buying them fast. I was I tempted like, to get a punch like, that game, that game just to get that. If that game... If there was a game this season that might sell out, is that one? Like, I feel like I really do have to act quick. Yeah, definitely. As, as soon as tickets drop, you got to jump on that one. But, you know, John Wall, we love you. But hope you win a championship. Please don't kill us that badly, but put on a show. Anyway, back to these current Wizards who suck. Uh, 
We talked about the uh, the trade. Let's move on to the next part of the offseason, which is free agency. Now that you had your starting point guard and presumably your starting three, the Wizards made two additions. Uh, one of which was on the, uh, what is it? The what is, What's the exception called? The uh, mid-level. Mid-level exception, the MLE. Uh, two years, $60 million, which is two years on the MLE. For DeLon Wright, a defensive point guard, who I think is a pretty good player. You know, he's 30. I think he's a friend of Kuzma, as is Monty Morris, by the way. Uh, They're both, you know, they're both point guards. DeLon Wright, I think, averaged four points last year, which is, we gave him double that times a million (laughs) in terms of per year annual salary. But he's a good enough defender to ignore some of that offensive struggle. Yeah, honestly, like, I think... I think our point of attack defense did get better. Definitely. I mean, I think from last year, you had almost none of it. You had the fraud in uh, the number nine overall pick, and then nobody else even tried. Clamp, bro. He was clamping, bro. Don't lie. Don't lie. He had <laughs> he had three games. He tricked everybody, and then y'all fell for it. However. Most of the season. No, not, not most of the season. Yeah. He was getting cooked the, the middle 45 games of the season. He said something. By, like, so. DeMar, DeMo- by, <laughs> by like DeMar DeRozan, bro. He like, was that getting... was cooking it. He was getting cooked by DeMar DeRozan, bro. <laughs> and you, you remember that. You remember that game. You remember that game when DeMar was getting crazy calls at the end of the game on, like, Danny and Kuzma. You remember that. He got some the only ghost. Thing, come on now. The only thing I remember <laughs> from that game is the DeMar DeRozan step back on back-to-back nights. He hit game-winning threes. However, Denny stinks. Anyway, <laughs> uh, point of attack defense definitely improved with this move. I think DeLon Wright offers you a lot of guard defense. Obviously, you aren't getting from $256 million, man. You weren't really getting it from Monte Morris, who's a solid, you know, he gives effort on defense, but he's undersized. Yeah. He's uh, he's only like 6'1", so it's going to be tough to guard a lot of the modern point guards. You don't have, you know, you don't, if Ben Simmons is out there, you're going to have a tough time with Monte Morris on him. Not even just that. Even guarding shorter guards, if you're short, is tough because... Yeah. These Trae guys Young. are sh- these guys are shooting and they don't really care if there's like a hand here. Like even for the short guards, it's like better to have a taller guy. Definitely. I so mean, it's yeah. it sucks when you're like when you're the same height as them. Trey Young is shot over like much Steph bigger Curry defenders. Does not see- Steph Curry does not see you. No. If you're eye level with Steph Curry, he doesn't see you when he shoots that ball. He doesn't see you. But yeah, I think Delon Wright kind of gives you a little more versatility in that uh, if you have like a defensive matchup, he can close games for you reliably. Hopefully he hits the open shots because that's all you really need if you're going to be a defender in these clutch situations. He also, I think, an underrated aspect of this, gives Johnny Davis more to work off of. Uh, If you want a lockdown guard defender that you're grooming yourself, a good way to do that is to bring in a good guard defender and let him watch what's going on in front of him. So if you're watching Bradley Beal on offense and DeLon Wright on defense and you're learning every single day, you could become a pretty good guard if you're actually paying attention to what's going on. So, I think that's overall pretty solid signing. I'm going to give it a B-plus as well, just because I think we did overpay a little bit. I don't know how many people were, like, scrambling for DeLon Wright uh, and his services, but pretty good player, even though it's a little extra money. I don't mind it because it does improve your team. This next one, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm giving it a grade of F. And let me tell you why. This man, they, they, you already know, they do because they, they signed DeLon Wright and then they did their pr because, you know, Bill did his PR before to get the sign and decided it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough PR. I need to look I need to look better to the media. 
So they do their PR and they talk about how oh they 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 want to compete for a championship, blah blah. This man Ted Leonsis himself says we are one free agent away from contention. All of us, we all laugh at this, right? Within like six hours, I get the notification from Waz, not just from Shams, not just it, from let me also add NBA, the qualifier. From let me also add the qualifier. This was three days after Kevin Durant had formally requested a trade from Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I get Waz, Sam's, Underdog NBA, and Fantasy Labs NBA all telling me the Washington Wizards have signed Taj Gibson. We made no other moves after that. That was the free agent Ted meant. Steroid Caillou was the free agent that Ted meant, bro. F. F. Just as clarification, I don't think Ted meant Taj Gibson when he was talking about one free agent. (laughs) He was talking about hours later. He clearly made something. <laughs> he was talking about you know you, you get a superstar like a number one option, and then you have a big three with you know Porzingis, Beal, and the free agent. He didn't mean oh our seventh, eighth, maybe you know even fifteenth man is the free agent that's missing. So I and that's something that he's been kind of saying since John Wall and Bradley Beal, which is annoying in and of itself. But he had options with them. John Wall was like, hey, PG is available. Let's go get PG. Oh, no, he's too expensive. No, let me match Otto oh, Porter. Oh, Boogie, Boogie's available. Let's go get him. Oh, oh, no. Bro, Blake Griffin became available after the Clippers blew up. Our name was in there. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, bro, why not put Blake Griffin, like a prime athletic Blake Griffin, put him next to John Wall and Bradley Bill? Oh, no. We ain't going to put our name in this week. Yeah. There's been opportunities, and we just don't take them. And I feel like – I fear we're going to end up in the same position, even though I see our names just in the list. You know the the problem with it? If you read between the lines, our names, every every superstar this summer, our names have been like third, fourth, fifth yeah. on the list. It's never been like first or second. And you play yourself this in this, this position. Like by, this is what I mean. By not evaluating talent, by wasting draft picks, by throwing a draft pick in, with protections for four years on Russell Westbrook, you put yourself in a position where you can't actually make a big swing. The biggest swing we've had is Russell Westbrook. That flamed out. Now we have our pick locked up until 2025, unless we miraculously make the playoffs this year. If we do, great. All of our picks are freed up. Maybe next year we can take a big swing. If we don't, we're screwed. We have three more years of protected picks. We're going to have to give up a first-round pick at some point. We don't know when. Could be a very stacked draft class, but you never really know. So, we are left to acquire Caillou on steroids. Uh, Taj Gibson, former New York Nick, former Chicago Bull. Tom Thibodeau's best friend, and uh, not really much else. He is, uh, the best I can say about this is that he won't play much, and if he does, it's... Hopefully, he can reclaim some of that, quote-unquote, from Tommy Shepard, dog in him. <laughs> but I do not he's not really, at this stage of his career, a huge difference maker on a basketball court. He's probably better than, a, or at least on the level of a guy like Alex Len, where he's a replaceable backup center who will hopefully be good in the locker room and teach some of the young guys how to be a professional. That's the best I can say about Tosh Gibson. 
Wade, what is the worst you could say about Taj Gibson? Give me Anthony Gill minutes before I see Tom, Taj Gibson on the court. I'm not going to lie. Anthony Gill, that's a Wizards legend, bro. Taj Gibson, bro, what are you? You ain't been nothing since Chicago, bro. Chicago was your best time. New York, it, every year he played in New York was just people begging Tom Thibodeau to play the younger centers. That I should tell a... you something. That should tell you something. Every year it was New York Knicks fans begging Tom Thibodeau to play Mitchell Robinson, to play Obi Toppin. Like, they're begging him to play the younger guys, and he's playing Taj Gibson. That should tell you something, bro. Well, honestly, that could say that that just means Tom Thibodeau is best friends with Taj Gibson. That's all that really means. Because that, that dude has been playing with, with Taj Gibson. Shut up, Jimmy. Do not tell me Taj Gibson MVP. I'm gonna bet I'm gonna time him out, honestly. Yo, what the, I yo, might time him out. Taj Gibson MVP, man. I, I might time can I time him out? Whatever. I'll leave you alone for now. However, <laughs> Taj Gibson, he's not exactly a difference maker in any capacity. But he is best friends with the coaches. If he's good for the locker room and he doesn't play much, that's fine. I just want to touch on Anthony Girl real quick because I actually do have a source. A source who told me Anthony Gill is actually like, not only is he the worst player on the Wizards, but he's not an NBA talent and he's only on the Wizards because he's a relationship with Tommy Shepard back from when he was in UVA. They can't tell me Anthony Gill not an NBA talent when I've seen this man come into games and give serviceable minutes multiple times. Because there's a reason for that, though. What does Anthony Gill give that no other Washington Wizard gives? Effort. Effort. That's all he does. He's a high-effort player without a real NBA skill set. That's all that he is. Even though I think he's listed, he was literally... cooking. He was cooking a couple starting centers too. He's only listed right? at like six nine, but he's definitely bigger than six nine, right? Like he's like six ten. He looks like six ten. He looks like he's the same height as Gafford. It's bro, it's, it's like you know how because I've seen Rui in person. Obviously, you've seen Rui in person. They keep telling me Rui is six eight and that he's shorter than like who's all this stuff. But when I look at Rui, I'm like, yo, this guy's kind of big, dude. Like, why is he? <laughs> I look at Rui, I'm like, yo, I feel like he should be six ten. <laughs> he measured up. It's also the the broad chest, and yeah, I think the he, hair yeah, kind of yeah. adds a couple inches. So. Yeah, he, he's a wide dude. I'm like, yo, really kind of big for six eight. Like, if he's six eight, he's six eight and like three fourths. Yeah, like type stuff. He's a tall six eight for sure. Yeah, I think he also kind of he kind of leans back, so his head is kind of like this. So when he's measured, maybe he's not getting the full height. Regardless, I I think, <laughs> yeah, the the team has a lot of pause size. And there's a lot of versatility you can do, even if the power forward position looks a little cluttered. So, how do you balance that clutter? The answer is possibly trading for a star in the backcourt who seems to be disgruntled in Utah. Today, Donovan Mitchell removed Utah Jazz guard from his bio, uh, bio on Twitter. Please, Tommy Shepard, there's any time you swing, it's now. Donovan Mitchell is him. Everything you think Beal is, Donovan Mitchell is actually, and he's like, "Come on, bro, please." So look, look, man, look, man. I'm telling you right now, we don't. I don't care what we give up. The only kind of guys we need to keep, because if you're gonna bring uh, Donovan Mitchell with with Beal, Kuzma, okay, only guys we need to keep is guys that don't need the ball, anyways. You know what I'm saying? Keep a Corey Kispert. You know what I'm saying? If you can find a way to keep Gafford, you keep him. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else, Kyle Kuzma, he's like. He's half and half. If you can keep him, yeah. But if he has to go, 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry, Kuz, you're sacrificed. If he's the yeah. main piece of a Donovan Mitchell trade, I am not upset. I'm yeah, completely like, content. If it's Donovan Mitchell, like you know, it's not disrespectful to Kuzma. It's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is a 25 year old two time All Star who has led a one seed in the West. I think a lot of people sleep on that. Maybe you give Rudy Gobert more credit, so you ignore that fact. He was the leader of that team to me. He was the franchise player. I'm not giving Rudy Gobert nothing. You know why? Donovan Mitchell came in as a rookie, averaged 20 points, and led the Jazz to the second round. What did the Jazz do before Donovan Mitchell got there and Rudy Gobert was there? Nothing, because Rudy Gobert can't can't guard the corner on. He can't guard the corner shooter. So if he he plays a team that doesn't play a big, he's screwed anyway. He's better be saved in Minnesota because they're going to cover for him. Also, people don't understand McDaniel's. He can cover for for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, because he's like he's like that on the perimeter. I also wanted to, just to add on to that. Donovan Mitchell is not the greatest point of attack defender. That's okay if you have a good enough surrounding cast around him. It's the same with with Beal, but I mean Beal pretends like he can play defense. Donovan Mitchell, at least, I think, is acknowledged that he is a weakness on that end. But you can play around that. There are, I think everything I saw, that pisses me off about Beal, man, is that he will lie about it. I saw Brad Stevens hide Isaiah Thomas in a playoff series. Yeah, if that like, can be done, you can hide Donovan Mitchell, you can hide a Bradley Beal. It's definitely possible. But back to, back, back to Donovan Mitchell. He's a two-time All-Star. For some reason, he has a reputation. Like, I think Wizards fans are very split on whether or not to trade for him. I don't understand that. He's a 25-year-old All-Star. And uh, when you can acquire that level of talent, go get it. I don't understand why there's any debate on that. Bro, get rid of it. Like, bro, Rui, you my guy. If they ask for you, bro, you're on that list. Hi. Who's me? You my guy. They ask for you, you're on Hi. that list. You know what I'm saying? The only person I, I would be hesitant is Kisford because with a Donovan Mitchell who gets to the paint a lot with a Bradley Beal – you need somebody that doesn't ask for the ball ever and can catch and shoot. Yeah, Kisper would be the one guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I can't give you. Rui I can't is give you. Rui is kind of Rui, you my that guy. Well. We can we can bring you back later when you when you when your deal is up and they don't keep you. We can we can resign you. You can you will come home. I'll make sure you come home. We need that Japanese but for right now, we need Donovan Mitchell. We well, yes. need Donovan Mitchell. We will get you back. We'll come save you. But like for a little bit, go sit in Utah. And go run away from Mormon people. We'll come <laughs> save you from that. You'll come back to D.C. But we we got to secure Donovan Mitchell. Danny, you can stay with the Mormons. You're white anyway. They're they going to leave you alone. They'll embrace but you. But they, 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 they might get on you for being uh, Jewish, though. You know, Mormons don't like nothing but Mormonism. So you Jewish, you still getting cooked. But <laughs> that's not our problem no more. You're gone. That's <laughs> not our problem no more. The Mormons Maybe will D-Wade have a field day with, the, uh, with any player that we give them. Because, you know, they're not used to other cultures in Utah. So. Oh, yeah. I've been there before. I I'm sorry. For like one day, and it was weird. Like, it, the, like the energy was just off. Bro, they had an In-N-Out. I tried it, and I've had the California In-N-Out. I'm like, bro, this tastes like Utah. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not, like, Utah is like, Utah is one of them places. Like, you know, like how every state has like, Somewhere where it's like, yo, this isn't actually part of the real world. Like yeah. NPCs. Utah as a state is just full of NPCs. Which is why it will forever be hilarious that the team name is the Utah Jazz, which is the most colorful music 
I don't know why they didn't change it when they took it from New Orleans. I love and that New, they didn't change it because it's so, so funny that it's the Utah Jazz. <laughs> like, bro, New Orleans Jazz makes sense. Utah Jazz, come on now. Regardless, regardless. Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a very legitimate big three if you have Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, and Kristaps Porzingis. I, you, I buy in. I you buy might in. have issues as to the real alpha and, like, they might default to Beal just because he's the homegrown talent, which you know might be a mistake, lead to some friction. We'll deal with that once you acquire the talent. I don't care what happens. Bro, go get, get the talent the first. If we got to deal with some drama, cool, bro. It'd be something to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, get exactly. the talent first. I do think you run into issues when it comes to actually getting the talent. There were reports today after R.J. Barrett signed his extension. Congrats to him, by the way. I'm glad you got paid. Yeah, big money. I uh, I saw a report that said the Utah Jazz outright rejected R.J. Barrett and two unprotected first-round picks in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what are we, like, I'm, are we going to top that? Well, you'd have to throw in multiple players, two unprotected firsts and a protected first, maybe, and then two pick swaps is my guess. It's going to be tough to swing that. You also the, the probably is, have to that, include If New we York. do that, we unprotect a pick. That's I what think I'm New York. I think New York benefits from us doing that. Oh, they absolutely do. If you remove like, protections oh, from a pick. Honestly, there's probably a scenario where you send Kuzma straight up to New York in order to get that pick back. But you never know. This is a, yeah, like a tough New York, I feel like New York wins out regardless. New York will find a way to win. If we unprotect to get that Don Mitchell, New York wins that. What, like they win, not like they're not getting no, like no player, but like they get that pick. Yeah, it like would really, kinda, really hurt if New York still somehow found a way to trade for Donovan Mitchell using the protected first round pick from the Wizards. That would like I would it would feel like a punch to the gut, and there's a very real chance that that happens. But my stomach would <laughs> focusing turn. on focusing on what we could actually do. Quentin Mayo had an interesting perspective on this, I'll say, over the course of the offseason, which I, which is one of the rare times I agree with him on. It almost feels like the Wizards, and I think it was also the Charlotte Hornets that were in discussions, are pretty much there for leverage. Uh, They just want New York to know that they have other offers on the table, so they need to continue to up their offer. With the R.J. Barrett extension... If they're done, I don't understand how there's a scenario where Donovan Mitchell stays and they don't have, I don't know who else is a suitor outside of us and maybe Charlotte. If they're left to just accept what's left of us from uh, or whatever trade offer is left from us, that's yeah. a great situation for the Wizards. Is it realistic? Probably not. There's always a last second team that swoops in ahead of us for whatever reason, and then we end up not getting a deal done. But do everything in your power. Sell the house. Do what you have to do to get Donovan Mitchell to the Wizards. Anything you got to do, bro. Like We don't need to keep none of these motherfuckers, bro. I'm pretty sure they'd be all right if we was to sell the house. We could keep Kispert. That's the one that I want to keep because he fits around guys like that. Around guys like KP. But he's also a white NBA player, and this is the Utah Jazz. Bro, look, KP's going to get doubled in the post. 
Donovan Mitchell will get in the paint and as, draw defenders. As Bradley Bill will get in the paint and draw defenders. Wait, we, wait. You need a Kispert, bro. I agree. But and he's be, cheaper than every other shooter right now. Every pragmatic. other good shooter is expensive. Be pragmatic. The Utah Jazz, when looking at our roster, being the Utah Jazz, who is the first player they take? Corey Kispert because he's a white NBA bro, player. Mind you, not even just because Kispert a white NBA player, yo. Kispert did four years, bro. He did four years in college. <laughs> Kispert did four years and got his not degree. Just, you, not just you know, four years you know of college. You know white men in Utah going to want that shit. Oh, not my. just did he do four years of college. Who else went to Gonzaga? What do I have to do? <laughs> Wayne, what other white NBA player who played for the Utah Jazz played at Gonzaga? Bro, I'm trying to because it wasn't no but in their heyday. Gonzaga. You know this. Come on. Who played at Gonzaga? Was it no? Is it how recent? Not recent. Not recent. Like against way back. Michael Jordan. Oh, Stockton. John Stockton went to Gonzaga. Stockton was a Gonzaga guy. Yeah. He would be the first te- <laughs> the first asset discussed in any Donovan Mitchell trade. It does suck, but it's. Almost, there's no way around. Corey, <laughs> why did you have to play? It, it's the it's the playing four years in college thing that yo jazz fans would be so behind it. Yeah. Oh, you're you're such you're so old school in an age where everybody just goes to college for one year and leaves out. You did all four years and got your degree and then proved you could still make it. Oh my, I can smell it now. He it is smell like wet dog. Everything in my gut tells me Corey Kispert is the is is probably the player it's centered around. It's probably a package Bro, centered around Corey Kispert involving Kispert, picks. Though. I would like, love to need... keep Kispert. He's uh, to me of our last four first round picks. He's the best player. Bro, like to go get a, sh- a catch and shoot guy, it costs so much in this league now. Every catch and shoot dude is overpaid. Everyone, like yeah. every good one, is, is overpaid. Bertans eighty million. Having, having Duncan on Robinson, the rookie deal. Joe Harris, all them paid. Having one on the rookie deal, we we have to keep him. <laughs> yeah. like he's on his rookie deal. You know, wanna, we're not getting we're not getting a shooter from anywhere for his money. You want me to take it a step further? We had another shooter being paid even less that we let go, who is now thriving in Houston. Garrison Matthews. They would have took Garrison quick. They would have oh, taken comebacks. Oh, white the white hope comeback story. Bro. He wasn't supposed to make it to the NBA. <laughs> Utah literally. Took Garrison if, we, <laughs> if we still had Garrison Matthews on the roster, part of me oh, thinks this deal is already done. Like Utah takes that in a heartbeat. Not hey, only is it Utah, Danny Ainge has an obsession with white NBA players too. Oh, bro, it's a match made Danny in heaven. Ainge, he trying he trying to break that mold, yo. Full white team. Bro, Danny Ainge bro, would lick his lips at like a starting lineup of like Tyler Hero, Corey Kispert, uh, Joe Harris, Danny Avdia. Yeah, let him get KP at the five or something. <laughs> yeah, bro, Danny Ainge would nut. <laughs> Bring Adam Morrison out of retirement. Oh my God, all of them. <laughs> Chet Holmgren, maybe. Lou Lou Amundsen coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a blast of the past. I haven't thought about Lou Robinson in a minute. Bro, it's just because I used to like his name, so I remembered it. That's a great name. Like, a lot of them older players, like, bro, like, their name was cool. Like, like Yinka Dare, bro. Like, that name was cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, gun to your head, does it get done? 
in this only in the situation that New York bows out because you know why it would it, but this would have to work in our favor which it never does because they used us as leverage so much Sea Dog gifted a tier one to hey, Mark Easy by the way congrats but, but, Mark you know saying Mark himself now but uh, cause, so because they used us as leverage so much to try to get the Knicks to up it. If the Knicks take that deal that they offered them, they're like, no. And the Knicks is like, you know what? Never mind. We paid this kid 120 mil. We're keeping RJ Barrett. We're moving on with the season, right? What is Utah left with? If Donovan Mitchell really just doesn't want to be there, do you want him sitting out and causing media problems? You know, you know, white people don't like media problems. All right. So in the event, at that point, at that point, it's us in Charlotte. You know, I don't what... think he wants to go to to fucking felony central in Charlotte. So. <laughs> Because all, all the Charlotte players are in jail for drugs. So let's come on down to, to D.C. Because Trez is a free agent, so respect them. However, is Gordon Hayward still on the Hornets? I can see that reunion being something oh, they're interested no. in. Oh, he might. We'd have to give him Kispert. You need Donovan Mitchell, Miami. Basically, you got to look at... They're not even if, involved. They're looking for the bigger fish, I think. Maybe now that KD is staying in uh, in Brooklyn, there's a possibility Miami gets involved. If Miami gets involved, we have no shot. Bro, there's a, there's a possibility. Basically, you got to consider, like, every team that has a white guy that's kind of good at basketball, you have to be, <laughs> scared. Be scared of them. Like, Miami, I'm scared of them. Yeah, Tyler Harrow. Miami has Don. no problem dropping off Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and, and a bunch of picks. Miami doesn't like first round picks anyway. Nope, they have no use for. Him. If they get Duncan Robinson for uh, as an undrafted free agent, why do they need it? They get Max yeah, Struess. They'll, they'll send Duncan and Hero real quick. Duncan Hero Struess, who are they will put up all their white people on the line. <laughs> where is uh Where is Kelly Olynyk right now? <laughs> he might be. I, I think he's Detroit. Detroit I thought he got cut from Detroit. Too. Did he get cut? I thought he got bought out. No, I he, don't know. He was injured. I don't know if he got bought out, but it was the white dude in Detroit is him and Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is one. The name Plumley just screams Mormon to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, possibly. It's and, uh, he, and he's got multiple. He's got multiple siblings. They're all just tall and white, bro. This is Mormon Central. You can go there and you'll blend in in Utah, Mason Plumley. Okay, so you straight swap Chet Holmgren. Chet, the name oh, Chet. Chet. The name Chet. Chet is a Utah Jazz before his career is over. Oh, there's – he's going to get a – like, if there's any possibility of trading for Chet Holmgren, I think Utah will be involved. Because the only place that can be more white than OKC is Utah. Yeah. I lived in OKC for two years, bro. It is white as hell. Utah is worse. At least OKC, they're not Mormon, bro. OKC, they're, they're, they're not NPCs. They're just white because it's Oklahoma. How many, how many black people do you think you're going to find in Oklahoma? Why would they go there? They would just go to Texas. After so, like, after the early or the late nineteenth century, I don't think you're gonna find many people in uh in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's too many years and all that. All the pe- all the people of any type of color would just go to Texas. Yeah, Dallas is like three hours away from Oklahoma City. They would just go there instead of Oklahoma. So like the the next whitest place that Chad could go to is Utah, and I I think before the end of his career, he's a Utah Jazz. It would not surprise me. What would surprise me is the Wizards having a successful season without it. So, without this trade. So, assuming the Donovan Mitchell trade does not happen, because gun to my head, it's not happening. Maybe, I don't think it's happening. That situation has to happen where we're the last option. 
It also has to I mean, be a situation where the last option has to be us or him sitting out. And that's, I don't know. That's, about that's the that. way. It, like Donovan Mitchell, I don't. He he probably will be sitting out at this rate because I don't know if they have many suitors. But my question is, what is your, as the roster currently stands, record prediction for the Washington Wizards? We're gonna be nine seed. We're gonna win thirty-seven games. Whoosh. Mitchell traded in a blockbuster at the deadline. C dub. I could see it. Um, I see it. I think it ultimately happens before the deadline. I don't know about before the season. If if we had to put a percentage on it, it's probably like a seventy percent chance. It's sometime between the start of the season and the deadline. Probably I'll, I'll put a twenty percent chance like, before the season and ten percent like chance at the like, deadline. It's gonna, it's gonna be like I, I'm calling it because you know how like. Trade deadline week, it gets crazy. Yes. And then, like, the last two days, it gets even worse. Donovan Mitchell is going to be the name that kicks it off because people are going to be looking. Because I feel like a lot of teams by the trade deadline are going to have already thrown a Donovan Mitchell offer out. And Part of me like feels how, like... Like how free agency people froze for KD. Mm-hmm. The league is going to freeze to see what happened with Donovan Mitchell because almost every team is going to have an offer. And that's so the league is going to freeze huh? waiting, and then Donovan Mitchell is going to... He's going to pick one, and then all of a sudden the trade deadline season is going to blow open because then teams are going to start They're going to start running to their second and third options, and boom. That's, that's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to wait on Donovan Mitchell if it gets to the trade deadline. That's fair. But as of know. right now, we have to hope it's just us, the Hornets, and Donovan Mitchell sitting out. And we got to pray that, that Danny Ainge is just, like, starved for white people enough that he takes Kispert before the trade deadline. If all it's taking is a third pick with protections, please just give it up, Tommy. There's no reason for us oh, to man, be saying about it. Find a way. If we don't have I'm, a 2029 20, pick, but we protect them picks. If we don't have a 2029 20, pick, but it means we have Donovan Mitchell while Beal is on this five year deal, I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's 25, bro. Speaking of, let them let them say, yeah, you can have Donovan Mitchell unprotect that pick. Before I come see you, unprotected. I would like to spend this last portion of the show focusing in on the $256 million man, which I've referred oh, to man. him as a few different times now. I haven't. Have I called him by his name yet? Yeah, you have. I've been, uh, I think I've, I've called him by his name once. I like to say 250 mil. 250 mil. It was like, you remember how like Davis Bertrand got paid the 80 mil and then he started sucking? Yeah, he was so 80. So then mil. For, like, for like four mil, for, for four years. Like four months until like the end of the season, he was strictly eighty mil to me. <laughs> that was it. He was eighty mil. But the two hundred and fifty-six million dollar man, Bradley Beal. This organization has now made the biggest possible commitment to Bradley Beal it could possibly make. It's a super max extension with a full no trade clause. The only. Let me not say the only good part. There's been like the good part, of those in league history. Bro. The good part is I don't have to deal with hearing about more trade rumors for Bradley Beal for at least the next two or three years. Yeah. I was tired of those. I think everybody was tired of those. Bradley Beal expressed that he was tired of them. Wizards media, I'm sure, was tired of saying it's not happening, etc., etc. What another positive, I guess, is... You have a legitimate scorer and an all-star caliber talent. I'm not going to say all-NBA, but all-star caliber talent under contract for five years. Now we move on to the negatives. 
Bradley Beal has yet to prove that he's worth anything near this contract in his NBA career. Stop me when I'm wrong, Wade. Bradley Beal does not give effort on defense outside of maybe 10 or 15 games a season. Bradley Beal complains in public about his team several times a season. Bradley Beal does not... I'm not going to say he doesn't care about the community. He is not active in the community for the sake of being active. He is active in this community for the sake of good PR. Bradley Beal has full control of a front office that already doesn't know what it's doing. Bradley Beal has no pull in NBA league circles, so he cannot recruit a free agent. The biggest oh, free he's agent preaching. he's recruited is Spencer Dinwiddie. And oh, we you're all know going that crazy. Bradley Beal. Kind of ugly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of things to say. Bradley Beal is undersized. Bradley Beal has inconsistent offensive production, evidenced by the early part of this season. He dropped a full 10 points per game in his limited run, given, you know, he had COVID before the year. I'm going to add that qualifier. He got injured in the middle of the year, so he didn't get a chance to uh, redeem himself. Bradley Beal has yet to prove he can win in this league. Every single other superstar given this full no-trade clause, with the exception of Carmelo Anthony, who also took it because he was greedy, proved they could win in this league as a number one option. Bradley Beal has led this team to the lottery and or the play-ins every single time. He hasn't been a six or above seed since John Wall was the leading man on this team. Now, Bradley Beal has five years to prove everything I just said wrong. If he doesn't, the Wizards are screwed. If he does, I will eat my words. I will issue an apology, whatever I have to do. Right now, in my mind, we gave Monte Ellis $256 million with a full no-trade clause and no real way to compete within the next five years. You are better than me and Darius, I'll tell you that, because we have agreed that he is Aaron Aflalo with a green light. Aaron Aflalo can't do, couldn't do a step back for his life. I think Beal, I'll give Beal that. He got a clean step back. Monte Ellis, at least, he, I, I think, I, I like, I kind of like the Monte, Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis was Uber. <laughs> Monte Ellis, but he was also, you know, he wasn't, he's was like an all-star caliber player. I, I, I'll give Beal that. But yeah, like, at, at his best years, Monte Ellis could have been like, if somebody got injured, he could have been a sub as all-star. Yeah. I, I, I think he was one of those at his best. To me, Beal is more than a role player, but he is nowhere near this number one option to warrant the power this front office has given him. This man has, he has power equal to LeBron with like less than a quarter of the accolades. That's insane to think about. That's insane to think about. His accolades, even if you want to say, okay, he was robbed of a couple of accolades because yeah, he probably should have made an all-star here. An all-star here, maybe two extra all-stars than he has right now. Maybe one all-NBA appearance because he averaged that 30. I wouldn't be mad at that. Regardless, I don't think there's a single, like, tuned-in NBA fan, nor 
no, nor a single NBA executive that says Bradley Beal is the caliber of player as LeBron James, including Tommy Shepard. I think this is a Ted Leonsis, we will never ever tank fueled move. And Tommy is his yes man. But I think gun to his head, Tommy Shepard knows this guy is not LeBron James. Regardless, we now have to watch as this goes. And the, the fans of the Washington Wizards are being held captive by the man wearing number three. I wish us all luck. I wish the Wizards luck. And boy, oh boy, do I wish Bradley Beal luck. Because it will be hell if he does not perform to expectations. The only way that Supermaxes is worth it is you have to get at least one. You have to. Unless you unless you go crazy and you, you just get... Like, Jokic, if Jokic doesn't win one, I'm not blaming Denver for giving him Supermax. You know why? This one, this man went... Back your whole team... Your whole team blew up, and this man went and got back-to-back MVPs. Y'all did not miss a beat. Y'all went right to the playoffs and went to the second round one time. Beat Dane. Yeah. No matter what happens from this point out, you had to pay Jokic that. Listen. We are not in the same situation, bro. We're not paying a back-to-back MVP on We're a contract. We're not even paying year. a back-to-back <laughs> All-NBA player. Yeah, like, you know, we they're, paying they're paying a back-to-back MVP. back All-Star, back-to-back MVP money. Yeah, like bro, Jokic a back-to-back MVP, back-to-back all first-team All NBA on his contract year, and he's been carrying y'all with your whole team exploded with injuries. We're paying a dude that is getting outvoted by Fred Van Vliet. He's getting outvoted by Dominican Drake. People are people are on the TL today talking about the man Bill. Bill, uh, he 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 brings money to the organization. He sells tickets. Blah blah. What tickets? The team is 27th in attendance. The most attendance we're going to have is December 10th, and that will be because John Wall is here. <laughs> what tickets does Beal sell? I mean, I guess if you want to argue we'd be 30th without him, sure. If Ted is being Ted is being greedy and does not have the foresight nor the team's best interests at heart by avoiding 30th, <laughs> trying to save... A million, maybe two million dollars. You're this is malpractice as an owner. You have to spend money I to wish he make would money. sell, man. There's there's some DC is a rich ass area, bro. Up there's near like Alex, up, the, up near up in northern VA, and then like around like around like DC, bro. There are there are it's hard to find a home under like a million dollars. So like is, bro, like there's somebody there that can buy this team. Somebody's there is around a there. Chance that Ted Leonsis buys the Nationals. At that point, he owns three of the four major sports in D.C. Well, and then, I, know you, I know you got an uncle with money or something. He owns some software company that nobody knows about. <laughs> but it's it hella, hella bread. Like, we need somebody. Like, bro, let me let me get somebody that prays in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he'll think with his head. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, something, bro. There's work to be done. And then done. we'll still have Heritage Nights. We can still have Heritage Nights. Sure. I don't mind that. Get some culture. You know what I'm saying? You know, Muslim Heritage Night. <laughs> that's that's not a heritage. It's, it's something better than, than Ted Leonsis. Something. How do you name one thing that isn't a heritage for heritage? We'll we, we, we do Islam Night. 
I, um, I almost bought one of the uh, when when I used to go on uh, deployments, bro. We was in Dubai, bro. I almost bought. You know what are they called? It's like uh, it's cause it's like when y'all like dress up, y'all wear like the long like it's it's got sleeves, it's like white, and it's the like the long. Oh, like uh, the, the abaya, the jalabia. The, the, yeah, yeah, those. Bro. I almost bought one. It was it was long and white. They're but they actually had, like, really comfortable. Trim. I really. It like had them. like gold trim. Y'all was like, yo, I wanted to buy that. Shit was like five hundred dollars. Yeah, they don't mess but with prices. It was that much there. because it wasn't like it wasn't like one of the, like the fake joints that they give tours. It was but, like actually like made. But back to the subject at hand, there is work to be done with this Wizards team and organization. Bradley Beal, you are now being paid to fix these problems. Yep. If you can't do them, I said there will be hell to pay. There probably won't be because DC has tuned out of Wizards basketball. It is your responsibility. To get them back into it. If you don't. Well. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. We'll see you later. Five years. You have a timeline. His money, his money went up. The criticism goes up with it. All, all the Bill fans that be mad at me on the TL. Talk about how are you even a Wizards fan. You hate the Wizards. He gets paid 250 mil. I'm criticizing him for his paycheck now. His pay grade is what's getting criticized now. So there's no more excuses now. You know, he got what he wanted. He did his PR run. He's still doing it, doing magazine covers and doing PR, talking about what he wants to win in D.C. All right. If I hear about the Dirk Nowitzki championship as evidence oh, that oh, your bum ass can win a championship here one more oh, time. Lord. Dirk had a nice team, mind you. Do that it, was some of the best and then we'll talk. The if that you was some do of the best it, role players in the league that year. If you do it. I will defend you to my dying breath. Any DC athlete that brings me a championship will get my defense until my dying breath. You have your chance to go do it. Go do it. And with that being said, appreciate y'all for joining us for another episode of Chasing the Chip. I also want to just add a couple of things at the end. Uh, First of all, Brian Robinson was shot in DC uh, and... It, it appears he's going to be okay. There was a video released uh, saying, you know, he, he's back at the facility. He's in high spirits. He, all the, the bullet missed all the vital points, so he should be okay. So hopefully that turns out all right. One last thing is I just want to say a quick, my heart goes out to the people in Pakistan. Uh, there were some devastating, devastating floods. There are... Millions of people displaced over something that is out of their control. There is a climate crisis on this planet right now. And innocent people are paying some repercussions. I don't know what can be done. I'm no expert. But there there needs to be some action in place. So with a heavy heart, I'll say good night, everybody. Follow Chasing the Chip on Twitter. Follow our personals. And see you later. <laughs>